Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alex McLaren. I'm an actor, and I've worked as a communications coach since 2002. Now so much business is being conducted remotely, the ways in which we talk, present, build relationships and connect is changing. In this podcast, I want to explore all those issues and prove to you that no matter who you are, you can talk to anyone. Hello and welcome to You Can Talk to Anyone, the podcast where we open the bonnet on the way we communicate. Um, And uh, this week, I've called it The Rules of the Round. I'm Alex McLaren. I'm Tom Selinski. And uh, we uh, are going to be discussing the question of the balance of debt in friendships. So Tom, this is a a question that I've uh, sometimes found myself asking groups of people. What are the rules of buying rounds? The first time I went to pubs was when I was about 16 and 17 and I was at sixth form. Our college was in a town in the middle of Preston. I had a bit of disposable income because I was working in a bookshop in Waterstones on Saturdays. Um, And the local pub was the Blue Bell, Tom, which was a Sam Smith's pub. You were in London, so you won't believe this, but a pint was £1.16 for a pint of bitter. (laughs) Um, And uh, obviously, we were all young and poor and scraping together uh, our pennies. And so uh, if you bought a pint for free people um, and you over the course of an evening you drank four pints which was uh, possible in those days because <laughs> <laughs> I was younger um, uh, you uh, you basically had to have about you, know, you have to have a, a fiver on you and you could yeah. have a night out um, but we were also I, I think you're kind of you're just aware that um, we're all in the same boat um, and there needs to be a kind of an informal account book about who does what and one way or another you keep on top of it did you have the similar kind of system yourself? Yes, very similar. And uh, I think it is striking that there are ways in which this just sort of finds its level and people have a sense of how many people there are, how much disposable income is sloshing around. You know, I think when very wealthy people go out uh, for dinner, it just becomes somebody's turn to pay. Yes. And everyone's much more relaxed about it because even though the bill might be hundreds or even a small number of thousands of pounds, that's very within everybody's means. And there is a pleasant generosity about saying, I'll get this. Yes. So whereas if you and I went to dinner with half a dozen people to somewhere fancy, we would almost certainly split the bill. Mm. Or we might split it forensically or we might split it equally. Again, I think Mm. as you're income level rises a little bit, you're more inclined to say, let's just split it equally. When you have people who uh, have very high net worth, somebody Mm. will just say, I'll get this. But if you are a bunch of school leavers going out for somebody's birthday, and there's like a dozen of you, Mm. no one's going to say, I'll get this round. 
Yeah. Because no one person could afford to because there's going to be 12 people there and maybe at most six rounds bought. So what some people I knew in that state, and this is actually when I started work rather than when I was at university, mm. and it would be someone's birthday, instead of somebody buying rounds, everybody except the, the birthday girl or boy would put a fiver in a hat. Yes. Be and a then we had a, a kitty to buy yeah, drinks be a with. kitty to work with. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the parity of the group matters, really yes. matters. Um, and, but also I think it goes, there's, there's something here almost about class. Mm. I mean, I started from kind of sort of a, a local Lancashire pub with cheap pints. And I think that if you're poor, and I've kind of, I've, I've not really been there. I mean, I basically, just for, for listeners, I don't sound very poor. My, my dad was a public school boy. My mum was a Lancashire lass. And uh, so there's always been this kind of this illusion that we're kind of working class labour voters in my family, but we're not. We're kind of culture vultures. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that, that feeling of being conscious of everybody's resources, of other people's resources, your own resources, and that we've got to be absolutely fair about this because uh, it's it's not right to take advantage of somebody else's pocket but then when you're in a world where there is a bit more variety that's when it starts to become slightly more complicated so something that's happened to me well, it happened to me in my 20s because um, I was kind of getting by on temping jobs and acting jobs and stuff and I had friends who had salaried positions and in some cases mortgages if somebody would invite you to a very expensive dinner, which was beyond your pocket, or they would uh, invite you to an incredibly expensive stag weekend in a foreign country. And, uh, and, and, and so you'd suddenly find yourself in situations way beyond your pocket. And that can put pressure, I think, on the relationship in, in ways that maybe the, the better off party in that circuit simply doesn't understand. Yes, as Douglas Adams said, assumptions are things you don't know you're making. Mm. Uh, and that's key. It may simply never have occurred to the the wealthy invitor that some of the invitees don't have the same means that they do. Mm. And so it becomes very difficult to point this out because on the one hand, you're saying, I don't have the resources that you do, which feels humiliating. And on the mm. other hand, you're saying, you should have known that you're an arsehole, which feels <laughs> aggressive. So nobody emerges from this feeling good about it. It's true. I, I mean, I, I know that when groups of people who have had, you know, very, very clear kind of all their childhood um, sort of working class upbringings with very, very finite resources, that sometimes a thing that they really prize is the ability to have very smart school uniform. They squirrel away the resources for things like, I save this so that I can buy my round. Almost like I want to punch above my weight financially um, and, uh, and I'm not going to let the circumstances interfere with that. Um, and so when there's a, a, an imbalance Sometimes those people can be incredibly prickly. They're, you know, you know, reasonably. I've kind of I fought hard for the freedom to operate within this world, and so when people try and kind of, uh, sort of help me out a little bit, it feels almost like no, that that pushes pride buttons that yes. uh, that, are, that, are, that are painful. And I think I've had occasionally had that sort of experience myself. This reminds me of another thing as well, which is apportioning credit. Mm. I've always been a big believer in if there are multiple people who are contributing to the same piece of work, that unless there's a very, very good reason to do otherwise, people should be credited in alphabetical order because that seems fair. Yes. One of the reasons I can advocate for this 
is because my surname begins with an S. My surname <laughs> began with an A. I could not advocate for this because it would seem self-serving. Yeah, because you're at the top. <laughs> That's funny. So likewise, somebody who knows maybe or guesses mm-hmm. that they've had you know, less than the average is in a much better position to say to the group, let's just split the bill evenly. Mm. That's that's quickest, and it means that we all trust each other. Mm. We, it, it's a way of saying, you know, I, I don't believe anyone was trying to game the system and order the lobster because they saw me ordering the green <laughs> salad and is trying to get more than their fair share. But if you are the 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 one who's ordered the lobster or the champagne, it's much harder for you to say, I think we should just split this evenly. <laughs> It is. I was thinking as well about the, the fact that there's also a sort of not just a, a financial dimension to this. There's a really funny um, essay by the novelist Robertson Davis in which he talks about the story of the little red hen. Um, yeah, and the, the little red, as, as you don't know, there's a little red hen that, uh, that wants some help growing the wheat and goes around asking for assistance from the farmyard dog, uh, from the cow, from the horse. And they all say no. And so the, the little red hen does it herself, grows the wheat and grinds the wheat and bakes the bread. And, uh, and, and only at the point when there's a loaf do they suddenly want to help. Um, and the little red hen says, no, I baked the loaf and so I shall keep it. all my little chicks shall have the loaf and you shan't. Um, and then Robert's is kind of sketchy. Well, it is. Well, that's the point he's making. So he's saying it's all very Thatcherite, that, um, and that it doesn't really take into account the warmth of the cow, the boisterousness of the dog, and the cheerfulness of the pig, and all the different contributions that all the other farmyard animals make. And I think that's relevant. That if there is a kind of a, a sort of a ticket price to a gathering, and um, but there are people you want there that can't really afford it, then you've got to think differently about how you accommodate, how you make the compromise. I remember I was, I was a, a best man once for a friend of mine, and he was absolutely adamant, having sort of spent a fortune in on sort of trips to Prague, that what he wanted was a pub crawl <laughs> that everybody could afford, and that's what we did. And it was absolutely, it was just a, a blast. It was a, a very kind of affordable, kind of old school event. Um, but that that mixture of kind of thinking, how do I how do I make this a, a place in which everybody feels welcome, and that different sorts of resources. Um, uh, are, also, uh, are allowed for. Yeah, and you're right, and people will contribute in ways other than financial. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Except, you know, they're just sort of um, fun to have around. Or I'm thinking of mm. the way that uh, the South Park boys, I can never remember which way round it is, <laughs> but one of them does three quarters of the work, if not more. Yes. But they split the, the proceeds evenly. And the one who does more work says, I'm better because the other guy's there. He doesn't do as much work as I do, but he makes me better, and that's worth giving him fifty percent. Yes, yeah, no, it's interesting. I have this uh, feeling in my friendships, and I don't know if this is universally true. So, talking about assumptions we make, um, I always feel slightly overdrawn in my friendships. My fear is that I am. <laughs> You've taken um, that, more than you've given. Yes, that I've taken more than I've given. Um, but but uh, um, I've kind of I've been quite tough with myself, and I act on the basis that everybody feels a little bit like that. That yeah. we really notice what we receive, 
because it's landing on us, but we don't really notice in the same way what other people are receiving from us. And so what I hope is that that generates a, a kind of, uh, uh, that everybody is, 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 works a little bit harder <laughs> in order to try and sort of it, it, to even up an actual, what is actually an illusion, which means that there is more positivity generated within uh, happy friendships and happy conversations. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why that is, because I definitely relate to it. But mm. there's a lot of research in psychology which suggests that people feel losses more keenly than they appreciate yes. equivalent wins. Yes, and I think maybe wise. with this friendship thing, it's, it's as simple as we don't give what we can't afford to lose. Right. But often the things we receive seem incredibly valuable, valuable. to us, yeah. and we couldn't yeah. have survived without them. You know, if I agree to help you move house. Mm. Yes. Which I have done. Which you've done, yes. Uh, we've both <laughs> done that for each other in our time. We have. Uh, then I won't volunteer for that if I feel mm. that you're asking more than I'm prepared to give. Yes. But uh, you'll know the huge difference it makes trying to get everything packed up and moved out with a couple of friends to help than doing it on your own. So to you, that will seem enormous. But to me, I wasn't doing anything else that day. I may as well <laughs> spend some time with you. Yes, yeah, you do. You remember it solidly for years on end. Yeah, I was thinking uh, j just the, the the participation of more people. When, when there's when there's an onerous burden, the, the anybody offering to share it um, makes a, a much bigger difference than the time it saves. Um, it's uh, it's that feeling that you're uh, that you're not alone with it, which makes a big difference. My New Year's Eve involved. Six people making uh, Chinese dumplings. Um, I've done that job myself. It takes forever. But with six yeah. people, it took sort of 10 minutes. It was extraordinary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's an interesting question. Have you ever had a, a gift or an input into a... I don't know, a tra an interaction or a friendship that felt like a burden. So that sometimes somebody makes an offer that's so generous, you kind of feel a little bit like, oh God, no, that's, that's, that's too much. I don't think it's always healthy to think of relationships as kind of like an account book, but I do think it can sometimes interfere with um, sort of happy conversations with each other. I don't remember feeling like that. I know what you're talking about. I, again, I relate to it. I can't think of a specific example from my own life. Can you? Well, no, I, I, I suppose I, I'm thinking of occasions when people make offers and you kind of you feel uncomfortable. And I think maybe the reason is that um, it's disturbing 
is that it indicates that you're in slightly different places with each yeah. from each other about uh, about the sort of the nature of the relationship, or maybe just the feeling that they're, they're yeah. This goes back to what you're saying that they're making an offer that you wouldn't be prepared to make yourself. Yes, <laughs> and so it says something about either resources or about assumptions about other people's need. Maybe that makes yeah. You feel some vulnerable. very wealthy friend says, "Well, I'll fly you there on my private jet. I can't. <laughs> I cannot reciprocate in kind further down the line." That's true. Well, and, and I, for my part, will make you a very nice sandwich. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's get back to the specifics of the first thing we said about the rules of the round. Mm. Um, uh, let's imagine that uh, we're, uh, you and I, who know each other very well, are out in a pub um, and there are three other people, um, uh, one of whom doesn't drink alcohol. And let's also imagine um, uh, that one of those people is an 18-year-old who is uh, just about to go to university, so legal to drink, but not got loads of cash. Um, and uh, one of them is somebody who doesn't have a job at the moment and we know is strapped for cash. Uh, we arrive at the pub and I say, guys, my shout, what would you like to drink? Everybody gives me their order and I, I go to the bar and I buy five drinks. Um, one is <laughs> somebody goes, I go, no, go on, go on, get a cocktail. So it's expensive. Um, a couple of pints of beer. One of them is a Coca-Cola um, and I bring them all back. We've now got five drinks and the conversation ensues. Then what happens? Would you go next? Uh, the way you described it, yes, I think I probably would. Yeah. Uh, I, I would okay. be trying to, again, this sounds so calculating, but I'd be trying to sort of <laughs> assess the the buying power of the people around that table and try to go roughly in order uh, and hope not to get all the way down to the bottom to the mm. impoverished student. You got in first. Yes. Uh, that makes me very determined to go second. Yeah, cover the student, absolutely. What would you do if you you absolutely knew that uh, maybe if we didn't know each other well um, and maybe it was kind of a group of strangers meeting us uh, and we, we'd, we'd gone to the pub afterwards and we were having, and we were having to, and we were, we were introducing ourselves to each other. Um, would you insist on going first? Well, there is almost How hard there, would you push? There is almost this sort of race to see who can, who can get there first, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, and yet yeah, I would be I would be a competitor in that race. Uh, I, I it's more important for me for other people to see me as generous than it is for me to hoard my pennies. We really are kind of washing our bank account linen in public. I was just wondering. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think think of occasions when you would when you've when you've had to explicitly say, guys, I can't be part of the round game. Have you ever had to do that? Or I'm literally I'm I'm not staying for long enough to work our way round this circle mm. of five. <laughs> so I know I'm going to have to leave this group because um, you got in first without reciprocating, and so it will sit there on the ledger. If we don't know each other well, potentially forever, then yeah. we just have to live with that. Yeah, I think I, I think on the occasion mm. that's happened, I, I have just sort of accepted the drink that someone else bought me. <laughs> and then slunk off into the night, <laughs> hoping it won't come back to haunt me. I think this is what this is what's so fascinating to me is that something of which it should be about kind of benevolence and sharing can often leave people with these kind of these sort of emotional kind of bruises, <laughs> which take some time to fade. I, I guess what I'm hoping is that mm. other people will see that offer the way I tend to see it myself, which is I've, I've offered to buy a drink, not because I think the number of drinks consumed by me should equal the number of drinks bought by me because if that was if that was my goal i would just say everybody buys their own drink i've offered to buy a drink because it makes me feel good to be ostentatiously generous 
<laughs> um, have you ever? Uh, this is what this is what I, this is really fun for me. Just to kind of to, to just to just to look actually at what's going on behind the smiley happy faces of people having a fun time at a party is that there's this it's a, it's a, such a killjoy it, well, no, no, it's, 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 it's just but it's true of everybody just let it's people amazing. have fun alex just let people have a good time <laughs> the, um, here's a here's a I, I, occasionally i come across this i've never done it um but uh but occasionally you come across kind of either cultures or systems or even apps which can calculate how to make it easy to divide up the... Uh, oh, yeah. When the iPhone app store first launched, uh, about half the apps on there were were uh, bill splitters and uh, such things. So <laughs> why is that? What's so fraught about that? Because I, I, I remember seeing, God, this is, a, this is an issue. Either these are people who go out for dinner in groups a lot, um, which is not something I'm doing all of the time, um, but, uh, but I know that if, if it's a, a something that you're doing very, very regularly, maybe, I guess, kind of young professionals in their 20s <laughs> with a disposable income and living in a city, um, that, that this may be kind of a, a so happen, happens so consistently it starts to be a problem. Um, but I was also wondering, you know, is this, uh, is it to do with a particular type of person? I'm talking about app developer brains. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> um, what if you are the person that doesn't eat three courses and cheese and port. Um, you just don't like to do that at dinner. What if you're a vegetarian um, in a steakhouse um, and that you're simply operating in a different way, which has a financial consequence for which you can be penalized? I'm thinking of you know, people who are teetotal in pubs, um, for example. I think that presents people with a particular kind of issue um, that uh, that other people need to be conscious of as well as they do. Um, I think if I was at dinner at Hawksmoor with you and a bunch of other carnivores and uh, a, a generous vegetarian who uh, was going to eat from the vegetarian options, I think I would be very alert to that and would want to get in ahead of it, even as we were sitting down about just before we get to the bills, let, that that Alice uh, needs to be excused from uh, from the, the, the fair split. Are we all good with that? Uh, and likewise, I think probably with the rules of the round. I think that the, the, the trick here is simply it is socially benevolent to say, what are you having? I'm getting mm. them in. It is not at all socially benevolent to say, Sam, it's your round. <laughs> you have to wait for Sam to offer. Yeah. You can't put Sam on the spot like that. Yeah. And so likewise, with uh, your vegetarian at Hawksmoor, I think, yes, you're right. As the person, maybe the instigator of the trip to Hawksmoor, the person who's invited the vegetarian who mm. isn't going to spend as much as anyone else, it definitely does behove you to say, we'll all split this equally apart from you, and you can just put in whatever you think is fair. But again, it's about these displays of generosity. And I use the word ostentatious not to, not as a critical or a self-critical description, but as to say it is a sort of a, a performance in a way. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but that is what's going on. It's very different from the let's make a kitty and trust that there isn't going to be one person drinking orange juice and someone else drinking pina colada. Yeah, the uh, the kitty solution, I think, is I, I certainly myself used it very effectively in situations where things needed to be relaxed in advance when you had a kind of a, an imbalance in terms of the, the resources of the people who arrived. 
So the other good thing about the kitty is it can be topped mm. up from time to time, which means if you start with 10 people, everybody puts yes. a tenner in, and you get, you get a couple of rounds, and then a couple of people leave – the people who remain could top up the kitty, and everybody still feels like uh, this is this is all c- continues to be equitable. <laughs> um, thanks uh, very much, Tom. And uh, basically, I just my homework for listeners this week is going to be very particular. We're giving you an insight into our own personal experience here, and the kind of the weird wiring that affects at Tom and my behavior in those situations, but yours may be very, very different. So we're particularly interested if you come from uh, uh, totally different perspectives on this, or you think we're wrong, or you think we're nothing like as nice as we think we are, um, then uh, we'd be really, really keen to hear your challenges and your needling. So um, hold nothing back, pull no punches, uh, and let us know your perspective on the rules of the round. Um, I'm Alex McLaren. And I'm Tom Savinsky. Thank you all very much for listening and goodbye. You have been listening to You Can Talk to Anyone with Alex McLaren and Tom Selinsky. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Selinsky. You Can Talk to Anyone is distributed exclusively by Acast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.